girls don't do that. Don't be mad at me. I can't help myself. I'm ready. Touch it. All over. Everywhere. Come join me for the Impulse Pictures Podcast. Here is your host, Tim Osabin, and Impulse Pictures owner, Jerry Chandler. Thank you for joining us for the Impulse Pictures Podcast, the second episode of the Impulse Pictures Podcast. I am your host and your eager student, Tim Osabin, and my co-host is Professor Jerry Chandler, owner of Impulse Pictures. Hello, <laughs> Professor Jerry. Hello, young man. <laughs> so I saw that there is a couple new titles coming out in Impulse, and I didn't know if you wanted to mention them or talk about them at all. You have a new Nikatsu title that has been recently released, Assault 13 Hour. And what lady? Talk about those for a little bit. Okay. Assault 13 Hour is it's a very violent uh, Japanese Nikatsu film. You know, the Nikatsu... Uh, studio has been in business for over a hundred years and they've done over a thousand films, not all in the Roman porno category. And I explained what Roman porno means. It's a uh, romantic pornography. And of course, Japan pornography was anything that had even a minor amount of nudity. So, you know, there's an interesting thing. Uh, we've had to change the title to a, uh, a lot of the Nikatsu films because you can't use the word rape in this country, in the United States. You can't use it. No retailer will carry any title that has rape in the title. Now, there may be a few out there that they're carrying. Again, I, I don't want somebody springing out of the... Uh, internet and saying you know jerry lied there is you know to the best of my knowledge let's put it that way you're not you're not talking about a documentary about the rape of nan king right we're talking about no. a movie like this so yes i understand what yeah. you mean yeah so you know we've had quite a few where our distributor has come back and said uh you know the uh sub distributors will not carry these titles because they have this in the the title so we've changed it was really uh, the Japanese title in English is Rape 13 Hours. Uh, we have another one called uh, Rape at Hotel, which we changed to Sexual Assault at Hotel. Uh, White Rose Campus is very famous. Uh, we put out, we called it White Rose Campus. But the real title is White Rose Campus, Everybody Gets Raped. So I think the thing that you want to gather here, you know, we do not support rape, of course. Right. And we're not, we, we don't make light of rape or violence against women, not in the least. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, we're very seriously against all that stuff. And anybody who's listened to our podcast, either this one or the Synapse, knows my feelings. And I've said it in the past, you know, I have daughters i have a mom and sisters and a wife and right, right i love women right so i i have no tolerance for anything against women because they're women you know no tolerance however in the in the united states they have a very peculiar way of of looking at uh that word and in japan 
it's it's quite different. And I remember a number of years ago, I did a podcast for a women's site. And forgive me, I don't remember the name of it. It wasn't the one I did with uh, Abby, the sex lab. It uh-huh. was a, a different one I had done. Okay. And the lady asked me, she goes, would you be willing to get, come on and talk about the Nakatsu films? And I said, absolutely. She goes, well, I'm going to ask you some tough questions about, you know, the spirit of the films. And, the, you know, I got the message of what she was trying to say. I said, absolutely. Please ask away. So when we started the interview, she said, well, how do you, you know, do you support this kind of stuff? And then I said, no, no, of course not. You know, the, the uh, Nikatsu films are so interesting, but they're interesting from a cultural perspective and a cultural perspective only. You know, most of my customers, in fact, probably all of them, because we don't really do much overseas shipping, are right here in the United States. So with the Nikatsus, I'm literally giving people here a window into Japanese culture and what they consider taboo and sexy and all this stuff. And if you watch the Nikatsus, you'll see that the pubic region is always digitally flagged. And there's a reason for that. I I don't remember if I discussed this in the last podcast or not, so I'll do it very quickly. Unless somebody wants me to go into more detail, they can ask for that, and I will. But but it was against the law to show any kind of pubic hair in Japan. So you could show butts. You could even show poopers, if you know what I'm saying. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be nice here. Mm -hmm. But you can't show a single pubic hair or else everybody gets arrested. Mm -hmm. So I remember back in the day uh, when they were, Synapse was getting ready to release uh, Entrails of the Virgin and Entrails of the Beautiful Wimp, Woman. First, we were asked, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? And it took us a couple of years. And I said, because we're trying to get our hands on the original negative. You know, we don't want a cut version that's, you know, that's been on the trading circuit for the last 20 years, we want to give you something special. So we finally got the uh, scan of the negatives and lo and behold, they still had that censoring. It wasn't digital. It was actually burned on the negative. So then we started inquiring with Nikatsu, what the heck is going on here? What's going on? And they said, no, no, the risk of arrest was so great that they wouldn't take a chance that digitizing the, you know, pubic region was enough. Mm -hmm. So they actually burnt the negative. So no one would go to jail over it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is part of the Nakatsu thing. And then, you know, I talked to my Nakatsu rep and I said, you know, you can see modern Japanese porn on the internet. And even though the laws have changed, they're still, fogging why and he goes because culturally it's more exciting than seeing and i think that's fascinating too right and then you get around to rape well if you look at these movies it's not like rape is depicted in the united states 
And I don't know what to make of that. I can't weigh in on do they handle it right? Do they handle it wrong? Are the women and the people here in the U.S. right when they say anything with rape in the title should be banned? Should it not be banned? I, I have no opinion. I don't know enough about any of this stuff. Plus, you know, I have no skin in the game. Mm -hmm. No one's looking to rape me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to give my opinion on it is, um, it's kind of worthless. And I, I'm not sure I even have one. I, I don't like censorship, but I'm certainly sensitive to right. other people's suffering, you know, and, but, you know, just, just to wrap up what I was saying, you know, we, once upon a time, uh, there was a major, major online retailer. I'm not going to use their name. They're still out there. And they were, you know, it's funny because my uh, brother and sister labels have the same problem as well. If any of us stray into adult stuff, you're at the mercy of this retailer, whoever they've hired that day to look at what you're trying to put up. And we got a real bad person and they saw, I think, rape in one of the titles and decided that they would ban all Nikatsu titles from that website, which really, really, really hurt us. And for no reason, because they got hardcore pornography up there and the Nikatsu titles are not hardcore. No one to talk to, nothing you can do. I think the big uh, one that offended them was, um, it was called Eros School. Okay. And you say, well, gee, that doesn't have rape in the title but this leads back into your question this is how the japanese people at least at nikatsu the writers and directors how they handle rape aero school is a story that's basically about girls in high school which is a big theme with the japanese they right. love that stuff from right. the anime to whatever i mean look at our the zombie movie stacy i mean right they just it's a big thing with that culture so there's a like an inept kid or whatever a bumbler who is in love with this girl and there's also this rapist who's in love with this girl or wants to make her a target or whatever and the movie is set up, it's a comedy almost. And it's like, who's going to get to her first, the bumbler or the rapist? And uh, I guess the website's problem or the reviewer's problem, whoever put the kibosh on all the katsu titles was offended that this subject that would involve rape would be treated in a light manner. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but that's their cultural, that's the Nikatsu people. They made a lot of movies like this and they were tremendously popular, but of course they're not all like that. You know, rape 13 hours is, is, you know, it's not funny and they don't make a hero out of the rapist. And, uh, you know, uh, White Rose Campus, everyone gets raped, is horrifying. So they're not glorifying rape. They're just using the word in their titles. It's, it, it seems odd to me that um, there's, so much, there's so much hypocrisy in the, the freedom of the arts. You know, you can offend a, a, a religion or something like that, but you can't offend an, a, a person or something. It's just so hard. And the thing is, if... I understand the question, do you support this kind of thing? But look, I'm gonna I'll go to a PG movie. I, I love the the old Disney movie Dragon Slayer, 
but I don't support dragons eating people's daughters. I mean, what the <laughs> hell do people talk about? It's like, I don't support meat cleavers going through people's faces, but I enjoy a, a stupid right, right, slasher right. movie sometimes. You know, and again, yeah. remember something, Tim. Mm -hmm. We don't have skin in the game. It's really not us that is you, for the most part, that is the victim of of, of rape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know, so getting back to the lady in the interview, and I tried to explain that, and and she was, I mean, she warmed up right away because I wasn't having any of it. I'm not guilty of anything. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I just told her. I said it's a way to show you know, Japanese erotica to Americans. And yeah, not everything's going to be the same, but you have to judge it from their perspective, not from ours. You know, that's called ethnocentrism where you apply the way you were raised and the values you have to somebody else, the way they were raised, they could have been raised on the other side of the world. And that doesn't mean they're wrong because they have different values than you. So, you know, I don't know if uh, any of the listeners are there fans of manga, but I believe there was a manga, a Japanese comic that was turned into a either a series or a set of movies. And I saw one of them and it was great, but it was about a superhero and his name was Rape Man. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard of it. These were high budget films that paid, played in big theaters in Japan and the stories were good. And basically what he would do is, you know, he'd be a, you know, a normal guy by day. And then he'd come across like these horrible, mean women. Like, I, I can't remember what they were. I just remember one person was a female executive that was like crushing her underlings and, and just being horrible, as we've all seen men do in corporate settings. But this lady was the worst. So... Somebody places a call or he sees or whatever, but to rape man and he comes to the rescue and he comes in in his costume and everything and he grabs her and he rapes her mm. and she, she learns her lesson. She's a much nicer person after that. And it's all light, lighthearted and yay for the hero. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you imagine if, if, if people who hate the word rape with, with no context, actually saw right right movie right right and they're probably freaking out because we see pubic hair <laughs> right yeah. well it's, it's it's cultural differences are just amazing the, to me yeah the point is is you know look nobody's saying this is how you handle a female executive who who mistreats people nobody's mm -hmm. saying that mm -hmm. but the japanese companies that made these movies or whatever they you know, they make them into comedies and they're light. They don't, you know, they don't take it for whatever reason. They don't take it the same way as American society seems to. And again, I don't want to speculate as to why. I have no idea why either side does what, what they do or either country. Or I have no clue. Life is just a mystery to me. Well, sometimes, too, it's a window into other people's fantasies, even if it isn't your own. And a lot of that, I think, with uh, with the horror movies as well on the Synapse side, I mean, you don't support mayhem and murder either. And I think it is very similar, although I understand there's different. We're talking about two different things, but they're both bad things, you know. But I do think that there's a difference between expressing yourself uh, artistically where no one gets hurt through that 
and showing the, the, the horrors of those things, and even if it's in a goofy way. You know, and then there's another way of looking at it. In the U.S., all we do is put our he- head in the sand. If, if something ugly, if there's something bad, we put our heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Japanese, maybe, because I don't know this, mm-hmm. maybe they saw flaws in their society, and this is their way of, you know, maybe, and we talked about this, I think, last time. Remember, I said, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the world a service because right. of some of the phone calls I get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe they're giving people an outlet so they don't have to do these things for real. Right, right. And if that's the case, good. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's their version of blazing saddles, teaching through, through yeah. some kind of weird humor somehow. Well, you know, I mean, and I think most of us have heard I don't know if it's a cliche or a saying that most of comedy comes from pain. It does. I mean, and although some of that seems the taste is questionable on that, again, we're talking about different, different cultures. And then I I just want to say, not all the Nakatsu films uh, deal with rape. A few of them do. Some make it funny. Some make it not so funny. But the Nakatsus are all over the board. And they, again, it's more than, you know, it's more than just how uh, the Japanese feel about rape or, or this stuff. It's sexuality in general. It's pretty cool because, you know, you there's dramas, there's uh, student-teacher dramas, there's uh, executive employee dramas, there's, uh, you know, you name it. These thousand movies, they're all across the board. There's some romance ones and everything. So they're they're all fascinating. And like I said, I had to go through about 250 films to pick <laughs> out the 46 I picked. So, you know, I picked them because I felt they deliver on some level, either a great story or really erotic or, you know, believe me, if anyone could shoot a movie that does not show pubic hair, but yet is still arousing the Japanese can do it because they've made an art form out of it. I mean, their softcore is the best softcore on the planet. That's my opinion, anyways. Well, if if someone hasn't seen the Nikatsu films, but they're very interested in, interested in trying them out, what titles would you suggest to start with? You know, well, this is one of the things I really love about you. You ask such great questions. You know. Uh, like I said, without knowing the person's interests, it's hard to say because the Nikatsus, and I just said it, they're from all different, uh, they're not just rape stories or horror stories or murder stories. There's romance, there's comedy, there's light stuff, there's all kinds. I mean, we have a movie called uh, Zoom Up Graduation Photo that, it, again, has to do with uh, girls and you know younger ones with photography and, and stuff like that. I mean, they're all over the place. However, if I had to pick one, I would start with number one, which um, debauchery. Debauchery is a great little uh, movie to start with, and it's got quite a provocative title. But uh, it's probably our number one selling Nikatsu. Now, it could be partly because of the story. It could be partly because it's got the one on the spine. you know. So, And we did that because we wanted people to be able to differentiate you know, none of these titles are I I feel are perfect translations of the Japanese. So some of them are kind of clumsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zoom up, 
the beaver book girl <laughs> or uh, nurse diary mm -hmm. colon beast afternoon. You know, these are, these are tough to wrap your mind around what the, you know, what the title means. So we figured it would be easier for people to just, instead of putting them on their shelf by alphabetical order, they could do it by number on the spine. And then they could say, do you have number four and number eight? I'm missing those and not have to worry about titles. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, then you also, uh, another new one is wet lady. Now, is that more of your standard was that from the 1970s? One Lady is a um, like one of those lost early 70s porn films. Um, it's one, one of those ones with uh, no real... Well, before I say this, I should go look at the cover, but I don't think there's any super acknowledged, recognizable porn stars in it. Yeah, Ginger Halsey, Adrian Michaels, Roxanne Neufeld. These are not uh, typical household names in the worlds of in the world of seventies porn, but these are why these are so great because you know they're just nasty. They just put <laughs> right. the 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 people who made them put new. You know, we're up against up against it because they didn't have John Holmes or Seika or you know any of those people in their movie, so they made up for it. Another way, usually the stories are either a little bit better or the action is, is quite intense. So it's a really neat movie. Wet Lady is not a typical hardcore, but it is hardcore and everybody's going to want it. And then you also, uh, it looks like here, September 15th in the space-time continuum. By the time you hear this, it might already be out. You have the Peep Show Collection Volume 55 coming out volume 55 that's amazing yes actually you know you mentioned that and i almost corrected you but you are correct i try and work ahead on these um so i'm working on 56 57 58 right now as we speak and they're in the final stages where they're we're going back and forth with the authoring facility so i I would say those will be in the can within the next two weeks and they'll be on the schedule. So they'll be coming. I want to at least, you know, when we started the, the, uh, the peep shows, my goal was to do 50 releases. Well, I've raised the bar. Mm. My goal right now is to do a hundred. Nice. And I have access as long as they're good loops, because I won't put a, a bad one on. Um, I have access to enough where I could probably do four or 500 of these. And it would be a dream <laughs> to get all those out there and to preserve all these loops for all time. I could uh, give you a bit of a teaser for the fans out there. 55 just so happens, you know, for the, for the loops. And I think we may have talked about this before. But what I like to do is I like to try and f for each volume, find a few loops where the actresses went on to become big actresses uh, in adult. And also where there's plenty of girls that you really only see in one loop or two loops and you never see again. Because those are the really, I mean, those were the girls next door where somebody said, hey, you want to be in a, a little loop and make 300 bucks? And for one reason or another, they said, yeah. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So... 
But this, sometimes we have trouble finding the big stars, but it just so happens number 55 has in it a loop, at least one, with Erica Boyer, who was a very beautiful actress in, uh, I believe it was like the early 80s. So it was was a miracle to find a loop with her in it because she didn't do many loops. Uh, She was pretty much on the scene when they were making full-length movies. However, very sad, she was living in Florida, and from what I heard, and of course, this could be wrong, I got to say that, (laughs) but this is what I heard, (laughs) that she stepped off the curb and wasn't looking where she was going or something to that effect, and boom, like you see in the movie, she just got wiped out by a car or something. Oh, no. And uh, that's really very, very sad. But yeah. Erica Boyer's in it. Annette Haven is in it, which, uh, you know, for those of you who know Annette Haven, 70s, long, dark hair, just an ama- a stunningly beautiful girl. And then, uh, of course, one of the big stars from the 70s was Susan McBain. And we have at least one loop with her in it. So that's pretty, that's like an all-star cast for one of these to get those, those three, a rare Erica Boyer loop, um, Susan McBain, Annette Haven. I do have a lot with Annette Haven because she did a lot of loops and movies, but the, the 55 will be a very good volume. Well, speaking of the Peep Show collection, Jerry, we got an email with a question from our friend Tim Salmons over at the digitalbits.com. He also sent a okay. question for the Synapse show, too. He is a fan of both Impulse and Synapse. And, of course, we are a fan of the digitalbits.com website. His question for you is, will the 42nd Street Forever, the Peep Show collection, ever be made available on Blu-ray? Well, you know, even though we're Impulse, we're still under the Synapse banner and we still are under Don's guidelines. And Don has a strong feeling about stuff like that. He says that, you know, if the best you can do is visible on a DVD, why do a Blu-ray just because everybody's clamoring for it when all you're going to do is up convert and, you know, it could have pixels, it could have this. It's, they're not getting what they think they're getting. So we're not going to do this. And the thing is, it's, you know, you want to give the customer what they want. And you don't want to argue with the customer when they're wrong. They don't understand something. They're wrong. It's not our, you know, we talked about this on a different podcast. It's not our job to correct the, these things. It's our job to serve the customer so that's the natural conflict between me and my position at at, at the company and don and his position but i always defer to don because you know don's work is what has given us our reputation so you know i mean how do i how do i put it i mean we could we can do it but it's not really, I mean, what are you going to get? Is you, Are you going to get a better, clearer picture? Not really. You're just going to get enough converted picture. We were, thinking of, we were thinking about it. And the only thing we could come up with, and then again, maybe if you or a fan or Tim or anybody has a better idea how to do it, the only thing we could come up with would be to combine 
you know, volume one and volume two into a Blu-ray. But then what do you do? You say volume one of the Blu-ray? I mean, how do you how do you make sure, you know, I mean, does everybody, what if somebody buys the Blu-ray and they go, what is this? I already have these on the DVD. So I don't know. I want to make people happy. I want to give them what they want, but I don't think I could give you an improved product by doing it on Blu-ray. And and I I'm out of ideas. So if I if you guys have ideas, send them in, send something. And and if it makes sense to us, we'll try and make you happy. I've I've talked to a few people at, at conventions. And actually uh I there's one person that comes to mind in particular. I was helping a friend at a convention who was selling secondhand movies and things like that. And this person was a vendor who was this was more of an anime type of show. It it wasn't like a horror mm-hmm. movie show, so this was a different crowd. And the, it was a young guy, I'd say, his early 20s, so he's pretty young. And completely out of my wheelhouse when it comes to culture and things, you know. And I am a physical media guy, and I'm kind of like you were Don. You know, I want the quality and everything. But the guy comes up to me and says, you know, uh, everybody wants a Blu-ray because you can fit more things on it. And so I guess maybe one idea... It's not something that I would think would be actually one that I would really go for, but one idea would be, yes, you can fit so much more into a Blu-ray that you could put multiple volumes on a Blu-ray as a special set or something. That's just one idea. But let me ask you this. Would it be worthwhile for people to maybe email if they do have suggestions or if they have been wanting a Blu-ray of this to maybe just send an email to me, Tim, at synapsefilms.com, or to you uh, with some suggestions like that. Yes, I like the first suggestion to Tim because we are so busy with shipping. If if you folks send something to Tim, Tim can call me on the phone and say, hey, Jerry, somebody wants this, or suggested this. Right. It's just better. It's sure. just better if, you, if it's run through you. Uh, yes, I would love that. We love, you know, we're a fan company. So we love hearing from the fans. We love to hear what it is you guys would like, what you'd like to see, what you have ideas for us. You know, we have our own ideas and we're not dumb people. So we'll probably do things our own way, but you never know. Somebody might have a great idea that we go, oh, geez, why didn't we think of that? Yeah, let's do that. So there are no dumb ideas. There are no stupid questions. There are only ideas and questions. So if you would like, and we read and pay attention, you know, mm-hmm. you do too, mm-hmm. to everything everybody says. So yes, please, if you would like to see something or if you want to suggest a change, we can't promise we'll do it, but we'll promise that we'll read your your email. Right, right. Sure. Yeah, send it to me at Tim at synapsefilms.com. And Tim Salmons, by the way, if you have a suggestion beyond just asking if they'll be made available as well. Send me back an email and let me know. And uh, I'll tell Jerry and we'll see. Like Jerry said, if something really makes good sense to him, he's all ears. Yes, absolutely. But right now, the only thing I could think of is just to take like, you know, on the synapse side, we took 42nd street forever. And uh, you know, the loops, I just call the peeps editions. But 42nd Street Forever, the full name, is the original trailer collections of the uh, horror and 
you know, exploitation trailers. So when we did a uh, Blu-ray of that, because a bunch of people asked us for that, what we did was we took about two-thirds of the trailers from Volume 1 and about two-thirds of the trailers from Volume 2, and then we, we took uh, one-third all-new trailers. And so the uh, Blu-ray had some of one, some of two, and some all-new stuff. And it was higher quality. We were able to, those weren't up-resed, those were transferred in a higher quality. I, I don't know whether an 8-millimeter loop really deserves a HD yeah, transfer. You know, there's, there's those kind of issues. So we have done it in the past. And if we, this is my only idea, is taking all of Volume 1 and all of Volume 2, because we can't really do a portion of new stuff, because our deal with the licensor would preclude that. Uh, one question that uh, I would never... <laughs> Well, I would teasingly ask you on the Synapse podcast, but since we're on the Impulse podcast, uh, is there any Blu-rays in the works for Impulse Pictures? Not at this time. Okay. Um, so next thing, uh, Jerry, speaking of emails and people emailing suggestions, on the last Impulse show, we had I had asked you, have you ever been to an adult film-themed convention or adult convention you said no but you're very interested i kind of looked into it a little bit but again i am student tim i'm not professor jerry but professor jerry is is a is a teacher he's in a classroom he's he's not on the road with this stuff yet however both of us seemed like sure that would be very interesting to go try that especially since you're providing you know, uh, adult films from an era that is pretty unique and extremely pivotal uh, in in adult films, but we're inter we're interested in doing them. However, I don't know exactly what convention um, or conventions would be a really good fit for Impulse. So, would you also be open for me to receive emails again, Tim at synapsefilms.com, at suggestions of adult conventions that, that we could attend? Or if you run an adult con uh, convention to send us uh, some info on your show, would you be willing or open to that? Absolutely. Of course. I mean, you know, listen, we're not modern porn guys. We like, you know, Don w was into film and film restoration. So our niche is like uh, the filmed adult stuff, not the shot on video. Stuff. Right. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that love what we're doing. They really do. They see the same flaws and stuff with today's stuff and it's changing again you know a lot of the modern porn actresses you know they you know just to get into porn to modern porn a little bit you know there used to be movies with stories you know we had uh, a great friend of ours he's who's now passed away was radley metzger and he would shoot porn under the name henry paris and he would shoot uh, softcore, more softcore, under his name, his real name, Radley Metzger. And his stories have such 
you know, I was going to say wonderful stories to him. There's such, you know, I don't know anyone who's seen Misty Beethoven or Barbara Broadcast or The Image. The Image we put out and we did an amazing restoration of it. But it was the only hardcore film that Bradley shot under his own name because of the story and how, how beautiful it was. So you turn the clock ahead. They're not really shooting movies anymore. They'll hire an actress and she'll do four scenes. And the four scenes could be in four different movies coming out that week. There's no real stories anymore. But what they do have, they still have people shooting creatively and in a satisfying way to the consumer. But I was reading, there's a, I don't even know what this is, but there's a site called OnlyFans. And a lot of the, the porn actresses with big followings, modern porn actresses are now going to OnlyFans because they can make more money. And the, the folks out there, the, the viewers are complaining because there's no more creativity to the shoot it's all a stationary camera sitting at a table like they do it all themselves and it's not satisfying to the consumer so god only knows you know where this where this is leading for the world of porn but we are safely ensconced in the 1970s right right warm and fuzzy right. you know right. shag carpet all and, around you know yeah. Yeah. we're not worried about it cuz you know it was great stuff and it was shot in an intelligent and artistic way and it's very satisfying and pleasing in terms of of what your the visual content and you know cuz a lot of that has changed today i i i would simply sum it up like this Girls today don't look like they looked in the 1970s. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> At least if, if modern porn can be the, uh, the, the uh, uh, measuring stick, so to speak. Whenever somebody at the table brings that up to me, the differences, yeah. I always say, my, my favorite kind of girl in one of these movies is one that looks like she's sitting on Willie Nelson's shoulders. <laughs> Um, well, for anybody, anybody, there you go. So that's a good example. Anybody who thinks that they, they know of a convention, an adult convention that caters to to uh, what what impulse puts out and Jerry's rocking sense of humor about it, <laughs> um, please email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. And with any suggestions, uh, it would be helpful if they were in the Midwest, like even upper Midwest a little bit, because... We're, we're talking basically from the Detroit area, somewhere between there, St. Louis area, Indiana, Ohio, things like that. Um, if, if there's any, please email suggestions um, and let us know because I'm interested in trying it. I, again, it, you know, I, I think that it, it might be a really good thing to do. I mean, I think that people, like you said, might be really clamoring uh, for for these old titles. And it's amazing in this world to think that there's, even in the people who are fans of the adult films, there's it's a possibility there's people who do not know that you exist. And, and it's amazing <laughs> how that's possible, but it is possible. And it would be a great way for people to realize that these films are still uh, being made available if you know where to look. Yeah, right. Because they are hard to find. Sure. 
Sure. So please, please email and let us know. I would even say, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, Tim. Most of the uh, impulse sales, I would say, are probably through the website or mail order because it's so hard to find a retailer that will carry this stuff. Even from the 70s, they're just... You know, I mean, you want something gory with guts and kids being murdered and mutilated. It's everywhere. You want to see a little nudity or something. It's very hard to find. So, right. Here's a, here's a very difficult, very difficult question. And you love the difficult questions and they're real simple ones, but those are always the most difficult. Sure. Uh, So you might not be able to answer this, but. What is the best-selling impulse title? It's actually a very simple question, and I can answer it. And we've already talked about it. Our biggest, well, you know what? I I confused the question. You're asking impulse. You're not asking what's our biggest-selling erotic title. Okay, now that I've said what I've said, I'll just start with Synapse. You know, clearly, you know, sometimes we'll do... If we have the proper elements to do a great restoration, we may release it through Synapse. And that was the story with the image. The image is probably our third biggest selling title of all time. That's Impulse and Synapse combined. Now, but if we're only talking about Impulse, Mm -hmm. what has Impulse done? Impulse has done the Nikatsu line, the German uh, schoolgirl report line. And then some movies from around the world, U.S. included, of, you know, different erotica. So let me think, what is the biggest seller? I mean, it would have to be probably, I'm going to say, I'll give you one of each. Okay. Uh, the, fir- the first two are easy. The first Nikatsu and the first um, Peep Show collection. And I would only guess... Because, you know, all the Nakatsus are great and all the Peep Show collections are great. I would I would say that's because it's got the number one on the uh, spine. But our biggest selling impulse uh, regular adult film is We Girls. And I my gut feeling is because it's a it stars Anna Ventura. And those of you who who remember Anna Ventura, poof. It needs no further explanation. She was absolutely one of the most stunning X-rated actresses from the seventies. Just stunning. Is that so, We Girls O U I? Yes, O U I. You know, and then we have a lot of other big, big, big selling ones, but but I think We Girls it would probably be number one. And then you know, a close second is the uh, Girl in a Basket, which. Um, Renee Bond. It was, it's, I, I'm going to guess to me, I've seen her in a lot of movies. To me, I consider it her most iconic film um, because it's just her and another actress. And uh, actually, I, the guy she went on to marry in real life. And uh, it's about uh, him and the other actress who are like boyfriend, girlfriend, man and wife or whatever. And they decide to kidnap a young girl, which is Renee Bond. But it was Renee Bond and the guy that were the couple in real life. On the last show too, and this I think probably also goes for Synapse as well, but we'll just, since we talked about it on last Impulse show, uh, we talked about the difficulty in finding uh, artists uh, to work with for the, the covers, the cover art uh, that you're putting out. 
these films. I know Synapse too. It's been hard to to find artists. Um, have you had any luck uh, with that yet? We're we're still using uh, the same artist. You know, we got two artists that draw that that will create pictures for us. One everybody knows is Wes Benzgatter, who's done some of the most amazing covers, probably all of our most amazing covers. He's just one of the greatest artists I've ever seen for our type of work. And then we got another artist who's fabulous. His name is Steve Bama and a wonderful guy. Just, just to cross over into Synapse, he did, you know, when we talked on one of the Synapse podcasts about the Japanese kid who came over and gave us uh, Undertaker. The kid spent all his money on making the film and didn't have any art for it whatsoever. So if you look at the Undertaker cover, Steve created that. Steve Bama created that, painted it, and we loved it so much that we actually bought the original from him and mailed it to Japan to now, the director. He said... We said this is for you from us. Well, and the so you, the, I think the issue isn't that the artists that you work with aren't capable. I think it's the fact that there's more work to do than they're capable of of doing. Yes, Steve, right now, Steve, right now has at least eight adult films that are finished, authored, and ready to be pressed, but we have no disc art because we have no cover art so we can't even press the discs and you know he's got to create so that's not that's not automatic so you know it's taking him some time he's working on two more titles and uh when we get that art we'll release them and as the newer arts trickle in then we'll release those but right now the only thing i could get out almost on a steady basis is the uh the uh, peep show editions because he doesn't create that art from scratch it's mostly assembled from existing images so that's a big difference if you're an artist like we said email me and i will forward that to jerry uh but also if you are a collector yourself or if you have a collection of adult films and we mean on film you're still always looking around for new titles and that's where most of them are coming from correct yes i mean we're we're always interested in loops any kind of loop you have uh although nothing with children or animals not interested not interested anything else we're interested in and any full-length adult titles from the 60s 70s or early 80s that you have at least a print of yeah, we would be very interested. Let's call. Let's make a deal. We could buy it outright. We could rent it. Uh, you know, my deal with the Loops guy, uh, my collector, is we just borrow them and we give him a little fee for each loop we use and he gets them all back. And then he gets a free edition of the disc so he never has to uh, screen any of those loops again. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're open to any kind of deal. Well, any any artists, any collectors, email me, Tim at SynapseFilms.com, and I will forward all info to Jerry, and we will make sure that uh, he gets it, and it is all set up, and we're always looking. So please, please email. Any suggestions, also remember for adult conventions, 
any comments or questions for the Impulse Show at all, again, Tim at SynapseFilms.com. Jerry, thank you again. And I got I got a little something I want to tell you here. We got to stop because we're out of time now. But uh, I wasn't okay. even done with my questions for this show. <laughs> so I think that means we may have a third episode of the Impulse Pictures podcast coming up uh, very soon after you hear this too. So again, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to the fans of Impulse Pictures and myself. So thank you. You're welcome. And I just want to say something to everybody out there, fans of both Synapse and Impulse. You know, we travel, we go and do shows all around uh, the country, mostly in the Midwest, but we've, we've traveled further. And occasionally... Tim is with us, and I want everybody to come up to him and give him a big hug next time you see him. Because without Tim, there wouldn't be any podcast for either uh, label. And so, if you love the podcast, you gotta you gotta let Tim know that he's doing a good job. And I, Tim, I think you're a great great person, and you're really a blessing to the fans of Synapse and Impulse. Well, I appreciate that. And with that, I will let you go. I'll talk to you soon. I got to get back to work. Me and Noah, we're shipping like crazy. All right, Jerry. Thanks. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. I have to go. Get back before you know it. You're not even gone. I don't feel lonely. Thank you for listening to the Impulse Pictures Podcast. Please come again.